Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on the Aligned Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nicole McClellan. I'm a leadership coach and entrepreneur. I founded the Omark Project organization, and I've written the Amazon bestselling book, I Did Something Different, and it worked. My transition from full-time secondary school teacher to entrepreneur has gifted me the opportunity to speak on many subjects. This podcast is going to be a place to create connection, get aligned with our purpose, and have those deeper conversations. I'll be talking all about aligning with our true purpose in life, business, and education, as well as yoga, wellness, and our mindsets. Tune in weekly for different talks, interviews, and guided meditations, all found here on the Aligned Purpose podcast, or as we can nickname it, the app. Now, let's dive right in. everyone, and welcome back to the Aligned Purpose podcast. This week, I'm really excited to have Nick Tovey on the podcast. And Nick is from Australia, and him and I have had the pleasure of meeting in the past few months, and really looking forward to sharing more about Nick and his journey. Do you want to say hi, Nick? Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me on, Nicole. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm so looking forward to everyone hearing your story and, uh, you know, your recent journey of becoming a published author and what's mm-hmm. all been happening in your life. And so the way that I've had the pleasure of meeting Nick, not in person yet, uh, but is uh, through book coaching. So as many of you know, if you've been following along, I am a book coach with inspirational book writers and the last book writing uh, cohort that we facilitated, Nick was a part of that. And a part of my book coaching process with IBW is that I read snippets of people's books. And I got the pleasure to read a little bit of Nick's story that he sent along for some editing and was really quite fascinated. And Nick, you're actually the first of book authors that I've ever interviewed. So um, (laughs) I'm really excited. Yeah, there's a few of you lined up for me to chat to, but I'm really um, eager for people to hear your story and for you to kick this off. And yeah, so thank you for being here. Um, Like I'd mentioned, Nick is residing all the way from Australia. What part of Australia are you in, Nick? I'm currently in Byron Bay in in northern New South Wales, which is a really beautiful spot of the country. Mm. Nice and sunny. You guys are just coming into your summer. It's it's sunny, but we've had a lot of rain as well. It's quite a rainy place where I'm at at the moment. So it's oh. it's very rainforesty, um, and so there's there's lots of precipitation, um, but also lots of sun and beautiful beaches and lots of beautiful mm. rainforest and countryside as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. I've only been to Byron Bay once for one mm-hmm. day. I went to all the little shops and cafes, and then went to some sort of like look off. Uh huh. Uh huh. There's like a big beach and look off there, and that's yeah. where I went. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful place. That would be the probably where the the lighthouse is, the, the yes. lookout. Yep, that's the easternmost point of Australia, apparently. Oh wow! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so, Nick, are you born and raised Australia? No, I'm born in England, in the north of England, in a little little big city called Sheffield um, in the north of England and came to Australia when I was 21 and I've been here pretty much ever since so gosh I'm now 46 so that's 25 years I've been here. Wow amazing. Mm. 
And so, Nick, most recently, you have become a published author. How does that feel? Oh man, <laughs> it's uh, it's been quite a quite a journey, and it does. It feels great. It feels great, and there's been. I mean, it was such a an experience getting the book written, and because it is quite a a journey through my personal history, my past, and my journey of of manhood and of my spiritual journey, I suppose, in a lot of ways. Um, so it was quite a uh, yeah, quite a quite a pilgrimage through the past, if you like. Um, so it was it was quite an emotional experience, and and definitely brought up a lot of uh, a lot of things that are from my past, but also um, quite a lot of uh, you know who am I to write a book, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know things like uh, questioning oneself and you know putting putting a lot of personal stories out into the world experience in itself and then getting to the point just before Christmas where I launched it was terrifying (laughs) absolutely terrifying I know that feeling it is so Uh scary yeah yeah and I mean I wrote the book and launched it all within two and a half months so it's been quite a uh, quick and intense period of time so it was um, to get to that point of the of the letting loose of the book on the world and and it was amazing it was beautiful it was a, a really intense experience of the day the launch day but then the day after I had a major crash and burn <laughs> which actually lasted for a few days which I was quite surprised by to be honest yeah you know I I also experienced that as well. And I mm. talked to so many writers that uh, nobody can really prepare you for how scary it is to put your book out into the world. Mm-hmm. And like the, the whole process of writing it can have many emotions, but no, nothing prepares you for, oh shit, now everybody gets to read my <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and then yeah it really is a roller coaster it's you know and and especially when somebody does it in such an intense um way that say you have done it where it is like less than three months that you've actually written an entire book went through the whole editing and um you know manuscripting process of it getting it ready to launch a pre-launch or pre-pre-launch and then launching and now it's and then you're kind of like the day comes and it passes mm. and you, yeah, you are left with this feeling with now what? Now and what? <laughs> so I would love to later on go a bit deeper into now what question mark, but mm. Nick, can you share with us the title of your book and what is the premise of the story behind what, yeah. uh, what you've put out into the world? Mm-hmm, sure. So the book is called the revolutionary man. Um, and the subheading is the, the 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 modern man's guide to life, love, and enlightenment. In brackets, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> um, so it's that. a little play on words. Well, firstly, going back to the first the revolutionary man, um, the the R I put in brackets, and I do this because it's it's a bit of a play with the words of evolution and revolution and the way I like to look at these words and look at the, the concepts that they, they bring to us is, <coughs> excuse me, um, evolution being 
change that happens uh, gradually and passively over time. Um, mm-hmm. So we're not necessarily consciously engaged in our own evolution, where revolution is a is a time when we we really ap- uh, get engaged in our own evolution. It's like okay, enough of the way things have been. It is time to create change um so it's of course revolution happens on a on a collective level as well as an individual level so my 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 ideas and my my thoughts and what the book is really talking about is is about a revolution in in manhood and and Mm. and this place where we're in at the moment where you know post post postmodern era um uh, post-feminist era there's so much uh, that has been changed over these last let's say 50 years and we're at a time where we're really radically reinventing gender and sexuality and how we relate mm-hmm. from those places um so we, i feel that we're really in a very exciting but also a very challenging and confusing time um, where the, all of our ideas around what it means to be a man, to be a woman, to be whatever we identify as, is is not exactly as clear and clear cut as it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And it's it really is the first time in in human history where we're at this place where we re- we really are radically in reinventing um, gender, and it's a, it's very exciting. Yeah, and you know, I love to hear this um, coming from A, you being a man, mm. and and B, uh, you know, you mentioned at the beginning that you are in your mid forties because I think that um, the next generations coming up, and this is just my experience of teaching in high school, mm. is uh, you know, our generation of teenagers, they are very open and fluid Mm -hmm. and accepting to the idea that gender and sexuality are, are yes, evolving. They are fluid. Um, There are so many different ways to identify, Mm -hmm. if not identify with any. And so I really appreciate that, you know, a man in his mid forties is saying, yes, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. This is a place we've never been before. Mm -hmm. And what has led you to this mindset and this mm. openness and this curiosity? Yeah, good question. Um, I think when I look back at my life, I've always had uh, a very inquiring mind. And I've, I've looked at the world and I've looked at how humanity and I've looked at um, the way we live with quite an inquiring mind and, and observed uh, quite in, intently. And... Um, this was something that I was very aware of in my early life as a teenager, particularly, was mm-hmm. was how clearly and, and and strongly we were boxed into certain categories, depending on what genitalia we were born with. And mm-hmm. and how for myself, you know, of course, I was a very typical boy in a lot of ways, um, but there was also a sensitivity that I had. There was, there was a way, an empathy that I experienced where I could feel and sense how other people were feeling and what the environment was feeling like. Um, so I was quite a in tune young man in a lot of ways. And this was definitely not something that was encouraged. And, 
and uh, uh, or even spoken about there was nothing uh no, nothing in the in the culture in the world that was saying that's okay for be to be uh, a boy who is sensitive in fact quite the opposite um mm-hmm. and so this was something that i was like why is this what is what is going on here so i, I remember having these questions pretty early on in my life and then um i followed a lot of uh, very typically male-oriented parts. I joined the Navy straight from school at the age of 16, and I I was an engineer, and I was a diver, and there was a lot of sort of very hyper-masculine arenas that I I played within. But I was quite chameleon-like in the way that I uh, was able to still be myself, but operate in these very hyper-masculine places. And uh, so there was a lot of myself that I, I wasn't able to show in the world. And I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the freedom to be able to express freely. Um, mm-hmm. And then in my early 20s, I went through uh, probably what I, I consider my greatest initiation into life, which was a, a major assault that I um, was a victim to where I was beaten up by five bouncers in a, in a nightclub and almost killed. Oh, wow. And yeah, went, so went through quite a severe physical trauma, but then had post-traumatic stress disorder after the incident and quite, and severe depression for probably three, three to four years after the incident. Um, so this, this experience for me was a great, I guess a great disintegration of all of the ways and the identities that I had created around the man that I was. So at this time I was made, I was 22, uh, coming up to 23. I was still quite young, but I'd also lived quite a lot of life. I'd, I'd already done five years in the Navy. I'd, I'd uh, traveled the world. I'd gone to Australia. I'd met the woman who was going to be become my wife and uh, and started a family by this time. So I was still young but i was living quite a quite an adult life so i'd created mm-hmm. a fairly strong constructions around the identity of being a man in the world and this incident collapsed all of that so i was given you know a very harsh opportunity to very intently examine who i am who i am in the in the world and how i want to be so a lot of that experience really took me down a path of exploring spirituality different spiritual paths different spiritual traditions a lot of psychology and psychotherapy and um and and took me become a, a a transpersonal psychotherapist and um and do the work that i do interesting so um so it was yeah it was quite a <laughs> it's quite a quite a moment in my life i suppose where i i was uh and particularly at that point what i realized as well was how Ill- woefully ill-equipped i was as a man to deal with my emotions and how mm. and also how the world didn't want to deal with a man in his emotions mhm Yeah. And I see that, um, you know, when I uh, was looking at your link to your book on Amazon, Mm. um, which we'll put into the show notes so people can go find it. 
And it said uh, there that you came on, that you went on to become a psychotherapist and coach helping other men. Um, And I'm so curious to know what does that work look like when, when a man comes to you and you are providing the service of psychotherapy, Mm -hmm. what, what is your special gift? What do you bring to that person, to that individual? put me on the spot there (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) it's i i i think it comes back down to because i've had the ability to traverse many life yeah so i've i've worked with um I've, i've in my personal job before i was a psychotherapist i was an engineer so i've um i've been in very uh male dominated hyper masculine um professional arenas much of my life uh mm-hmm. so i know i know their world um i know it very well and of course i am a man so i've been brought up in with the same conditioning that we've all been brought up with you know just from day one as being born as a male you are there are certain ways in which you are treated and there's no getting away from that. And yes, maybe things may have changed, but it's still pretty, still pretty um, strong. Um, So we've all, we've all had this. So I guess there's, there's always going to be an understanding, a sense of empathy. um, And also uh, I'm good at working within their world. So I can speak, Mm -hmm. I can speak another person's language um, and and see things from their perspective. So I think this is what's very important to to realize is that, and and I, is this with the book as well as with my work as a whole, is that I'm not professing to know how you should live as a man. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if it, how my client should be, you know, there's no shoulds in this. It's about yeah. it's about engaging with the individual with and, and what sometimes I work with groups as well. So I'm engaging with a group, but if I'm engaging with an individual, I'm really help basically wanting to skill that person up so they can find their authentic expression as a man in the world. Um, mm. and, and, and also most importantly, look at what's in the way of them doing that. Um, what are the, the barriers for their authentic expression? What are the barriers for their emotional expression? You know, what are the barriers for their, uh, their, their, their connection, their intimate connections and what's underneath of all of that? You know, what are the, what are the con- conditioned ideas around who they should be and what they should look like and how they should act? has been governing a lot of their life and of course often creating problems in their life Mm. and what what brings you into your most authentic expression Mm. being being in my body uh fully Mm. and how do you do that fully fully residing in my body so uh i mean there's many avenues to get there for me it's been a i guess a lifelong process where i've i've well maybe not lifelong but definitely over the last 20 years has been an experience of really getting finally in tune with what i'm feeling what i'm experiencing in the moment and uh, a lot of us live from the mind 
and experience the world from the mind. We're trying to analyze it. We're trying to work it all out. We're trying to work out what we should say and how we should act. Um, but we're doing that from this, from this conceptual mind place that is very much driven. We should be um, rather than what we are. Um, so if I'm coming up life fully residing in my body I can feel I can sense I know how I'm meeting a particular situation emotionally um, and I can feel how comfortable situation um, so it's about really being well, you know obviously mindfulness as a practice is one way to get there you know that the whole practice of mindfulness meditation is about really being in the moment noticing sensation noticing whatever's arising in the moment um so yeah. any any uh, or many forms of meditation are definitely great ways of uh building that skill if you like mm-hmm. and so Nick, what is your hope when people, not just men, but when anyone picks up your mm. book and reads it, wh- what's the hope for when mm. they're done? I guess initially is having their mind opened a little um, to see possibly a new and fresh perspective around how they could live, how, what's possible for them. How, how life could be for that individual um, and, and for that to then at least move them forward in a direction into how they want how their soul wants to be in the world how they how they they want to be um, mm-hmm. and to, to find a, a deeper alignment with well, yeah, their truth with their expression, with you know how 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 are called to be in this world, to live in this world, without free from any limitations uh, or ideas around who they should be or how they should act, or um, or, or f- free from the the fears that stop them, the cages that we put around ourselves that prevent us from actually living our full life. Mm. and so if you had to I might be putting you on the spot Mm. here again (laughs) but if you had to think of one ideal person if they could get your Mm. book in their hands and it would change the whole trajectory of where you want this book to go or speed up the process of your vision who would that person be Mm. gosh (laughs) um Like for me, it's always Oprah. Yeah. Anything, I'm like, Oprah, please <laughs> just know I talk about you all the time. I just want Oprah to know I yeah. exist. Wow, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, the Bre- Brene Brown comes to mind. You know, it, it's like I, I loved, mm-hmm. so loved and so connected with her work when she first appeared on, on that that first TED stage, you know, when she's yeah. vulnerability and and – and and where she's gone from that place, you know, I, it's she's such an inspiration, and of course, very very aligned um, 
a vision for for life and how and how life can be lived you know um i love her work yeah. i love i love what she's how she's brought her work into the world and and the great level of authenticity in which she does so um mm. let's go brené let's go brené and of course she's oh, let's go oprah as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you read brené's book the gifts of imperfection i haven't read that one no Oh, that is a great one where mm. she talks about, yeah, we all have shame. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we call shame embarrassment or humiliation or guilt. Mm-hmm. But like, let's just call it shame and talk about it, mm. process it and move on because shame cannot live being spoke about. Totally. Being spoke about. totally. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I love Brené Brown as well. I love her new Netflix mm. Uh, little documentary that she has and the stories that she shares about her and her husband Steve and you know just like when communication isn't clear how that can cause so many mishaps mm-hmm. and little bumps mm-hmm. in relationships yeah she's a great person yeah she definitely is yeah um just going back to shame I think this is particularly for men and of course we all experience shame in our own ways but I think there's a there's a particular flavor of shame that is held by by men as a collective and and it really mm-hmm. comes down to this thing that I talk about right at the beginning of my book is this this measure of manhood that we've been that we've been in we've inherited yeah so we've been we've all inherited this particular measure of you know to be a man to man up to 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 be all of those things but nobody tells us what that actually is so we're always trying to measure mm-hmm. ourselves up against this fictitious bar that is always out of reach and of course we all fail um and of course this chips mm-hmm. away at our, our self esteem and instills a sense of shame around who we are as a as a as an individual and our worth in the world and it's it's such a really big problem um and of course most men won't talk about this this isn't something that is commonly spoken about but it's felt it's felt at a really deep level and often gets uh hidden by bravado or uh trying to prove oneself or those sorts of activities that are are more um uh sort of extrovertedly uh seen in the world or a total the opposite mm-hmm. where we collapse in the world and hide um yeah so yeah. that is shame that is underneath all of that it's a really really big big issue mm-hmm. and shame is that you know the blanket of mm-hmm. i am bad <laughs> I, I not not i did something bad i am, I bad. am bad yeah and that's yeah. Yeah, and that that can cut quite totally. deep. And so, Nick, so for anyone who's listening, you know, whenever I know that I uh, would love to have somebody on the podcast, I sort of have this little dialogue with them. And I say, like, what are some three, what are the top three things you feel passionate about talking mm-hmm. about right now? And of course, we want to hear from Nick about his book. Um, but one of the other um, areas of interest that you had mentioned, and you know, you've touched on it in reference to talking about it in your book, but is this whole um, concept and idea around gender and sexuality? And what what message do you want to share right now with anybody mm. who's listening around gender <laughs> and or sexuality? Mm. <sighs> If, if, yeah, let's get to the, to the, 
nitty gritty of it. And I feel that there are so many traps that we can fall in into around gender and sexuality, you know, particularly at the moment we're, we're, as, as we've already spoken about, things are changed, have changed so much and we're at a place where there is much more fluidity and you definitely see that much more uh, freely in the younger generation, for sure. Um, but there, we're at a time where we actually, in a lot of ways, have actually made it in, in some ways more confusing because now we've got the whole, you know, the LGBTQIA plus alphabet of, of, of options mm-hmm. available. Um, we're, so mm-hmm. in, in the pursuit of, of reducing labels, we've actually created more. Um, and of course, a lot box, yeah, it's a box that we put ourselves in mm-hmm. and a, any box is a cage. <laughs> um, so if we're in a cage, then we're limited, we're restricted, we're, we're not free. Um, so I, my, my, my deepest desire is, is to experience life from a place of freedom and to, and to have everybody experience life from a place of freedom. So I can be whoever I feel like I can be in the moment. And, and I'm not restricted by ideas around uh, gender and sexuality. Um, so obviously the, the fluidity that is, is a possibility today, fluidity is, is freedom. But if I box myself into mm-hmm. a particular uh, label, then that's not freedom. So I, I really encourage mm-hmm. people to, 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 to at least tiptoe into an experience to feel what freedom their their sexual and gendered freedom would would feel like for them uh, and to and to really examine the ways in which they they cage themselves um by the terms that they use by the labels that they use by the i should be this way um all of those experiences that we of course we all have yeah Mm. Do you have any uh, like mm. recommendations or tips of say like okay so you know when we say like um, yeah. tiptoe your way into um, into experimenting with your yeah. gender identity or your sexual orientation but where does one start if they are listening to this and they're like I want to <laughs> do that but I just yeah don't beautiful have. question um, for me the place to go to here is looking at the expressions of the, of masculine and feminine energy. Um, and yeah. what we have done in our past is, is genderize these terms. So we've called masculine yeah. and assigned masculinity to maleness and we've assigned femininity to female femaleness. Um, Whereas if we look mm-hmm. at it from a more esoteric perspective, and this is definitely what comes through from the Taoist traditions, the tr- traditional Chinese medicine t- traditions, as well as the, the, the Hindu traditions or tantric traditions, um, where we're looking at masculine and feminine being um, essentially being like two poles of the same magnet. If, if you look at a north and a south pole of a magnet, they, they, they're both a part of the magnet. And if you cut that magnet in half, you're going to have two poles still. 
um, there's always going to yeah. be two poles. There's always going to be a north and a south. There's always going to be a masculine and a feminine, regardless of what body you happen to be born in, into. So there are particular qualities that come through in masculine energy and feminine energy. And to put it very, very simply, masculine is about go and feminine is about flow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I've never yeah, so heard masculine that. is very lineal. It's very ordered. It's very um, getting from A to B. It's about problem solving. It's about getting shit done. It's about, um, yeah, it, it, it's a, it's an omnidirectional energy, if you like, yeah, where f- mm-hmm. feminine <clears throat> um, is more cha- about change. It's about chaos. It's about um, fluidity. It's, it's, it's about aesthetics. It's about um, noticing how the fluctuation of the seasons of the uh of a cycle changes of the weather of the earth of of all of those and of course the fluctuations of sensation within us yeah and emotion within us um so it's about being in tune with moment to moment experience rather than uh moving in a particular direction being focused on the solution and of course regardless of what gender we happen to be we all have access to all of these experiences um but what we've mm-hmm. done is is uh if you imagine the the, the the masculine and feminine is on a spectrum we've encouraged boys as they grow up to to only um hone the skills and the qualities that live upside the up the masculine end of the spectrum and in some ways the same in the opposite way but post-feminist era we've actually encouraged women to do much more of the masculine end of the spectrum um which has its own problems uh because a lot of women forget that they actually have the feminine end as well so we've uh, so it's it's quite an interesting sort of time we we live in where we are ma- making uh i guess the spectrum much more accessible to everybody regardless of gender or sexual orientation um, but we're still in that process of working mm-hmm. out how to do that and and how to live that and how to do it authentically um, without sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which often happens. Um, and that that's yeah. also, I think, another uh, sort of symptom of a post-feminist era. Um, man is that he's often learnt that his masculinity is wrong. And this has been a, a, a message that we've has been a fairly loud message that a lot of men have received over the last 40, 50 years. Um, so he, he discards his masculinity and ends up be, uh, honing more of his feminine qualities, which is beautiful and great. He becomes more emotional, more sensitive, more compassionate, which is all really great things, but he loses uh, his connection to his masculinity. And in that, in that, what happens that in that way is that he loses his spine. He loses his his ability to create uh, direction. Uh, he loses his ability to lead, um, and becomes a little bit boring and wishy washy, and and a lot of relationships mm-hmm. suffer because of that. Yeah, and 
is this depolarized relationship where the man, uh, sorry, the woman is in the masculine pole in the relationship and the man is in the feminine pole of the relationship. That in itself may not necessarily be a problem. That may be very uh, natural and normal for a lot of people and, and the great way to, that, that they function. But if, but if, yeah. It is a problem, and it and it does become a problem for a lot of relationships, which I've seen and experienced. Um, she becomes quite uh, bored and uh, and and frustrated that she's doing all, making all the decisions, leading the relationship, and essentially wearing the pants in the relationship. And he's just a little bit um, soft and wishy washy. So yeah, it's, it's mm. so in, in I think we're in this time yeah. where we are we're in a we're in a great laboratory, and we're we're experimenting, we're trying things out, and most of us don't really know what we're doing, um, myself included. <laughs> no. Yeah, do we uh, ever know? <laughs> trying to work it out on our uh, to, on, on our own, but where what I'd really love us to do is actually work that out a little bit more together and um uh, and and actually yeah hand in hand shoulder to shoulder come into this uh great laboratory uh with a little more unity i absolutely love that so nick from here how do um everybody mm. who's going to listen to this um get a copy of your book and what sort of um, things can we expect to see from you now, now that you have this book, which is ultimately like yeah. the best business card there is. And um, yeah. So what's next and how, where can we send anyone who's listening, who um, is intrigued by what they've heard from you today and want to continue sure, the conversation? Um, so I guess firstly, the book is available on Amazon and uh, Kindle and paperback version um they there is a link to that on my website which when you go to that so there's a, a men's work page on my website which has a link to the book there so if you're having a look at my website which is nicktovey.com um, and that is n-i-c-t-o-v-e-y.com um and you can on the okay. website you can see all of the different offerings i just want uh, yes, absolutely. Men's work is a big area of my passion and has been for many years. Uh, but I also do work with women and I work with couples as well, because obviously this area of of relationship and gender and sexuality is not just uh, experienced by men. Yeah. Um, so I do work with, mm -hmm. with couples and, and, and women also. And variations thereof. And of course, on the social medias, on Facebook, uh, Nick Tovey, and on Instagram, Nick Tovey also. Okay, perfect. And, um, you know, I so I'm on your website here, and I see that you um, are a spiral practitioner. True. I did not know that about you. And I, as far as I know, I'm one of only two Canadians who right. have had the spiral done. I know... I'm in that group of everybody who's gone through the, the spiral mm -hmm. therapy or mm -hmm. program, however you want to call it. Um, and there's myself right. and one other Canadian. 
So if anyone is listening, the spiral absolutely changed my whole entire life. And I actually did the spiral in the whole pre, pre, pre launch of my book. So I sent off my manuscript um, to the inspirational book writing team. And then I had uh, Dave Thompson take me through the spiral in seven (laughs) weeks and then launch Wow, you jumped in there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I jumped in the deep end hard. So yes, I see that. Um, So for anyone who's listening, if you're curious, I really um, highly recommend the spiral. And I see Mm -hmm. that you offer that, Nick. So send people your way for that as well. And so, Nick, I always love to ask people, you know, because um, my Mm. business is my aligned purpose. I'm really about individuals finding out Mm. what their purpose is and then getting in and trying to stay in as often as they can alignment with that purpose, letting Mm -hmm. their soul Mm -hmm. guide them, not their mind, not their body, but their soul. And so how do you know when you're in alignment with your purpose? Um this is something that I've been particularly journeying. I mean, I've been, I've been journeying purpose for many, many years, but I've, what I've done in the most more recent years, particularly in this last year, I think COVID has been a great help to that is, um, is that moment where I'm, 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 I can just connect and, and feel the it's like the current of life wants to move through me and 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 mm. it moves me in a particular direction and there's a sensation that i feel in my body that feels like a yes and 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 the alternative if i look in a different direction and it, fe- it feels it feels like a no um so my what i've mm-hmm. in my journey with exploring what purpose means and how that feels and my experience of purpose what i've come to is a recognition that purpose is a moment to moment question um it's not something Mm. i do necessarily it's not a vocation or or a a job or or an activity it's it's of course it can be all of those but it's about being in the moment and recognizing how life wants to live through me in that moment what what is the current of life how is it moving me and and it really is a moment to moment question if you like a, a moment to moment experience and it feels good. It just feels good. Yeah. It feels like uh, a, 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 a hell yes. You know, it's like, let's move in that direction. And yeah. the, the alternative just doesn't feel as good. It's quite simple. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A more, and that's, you know, I think mm. in order to get there, to be able to understand, is this a hell yes? Is this a fuck no? Uh, how does one know i there there has to be uh-huh. space to go inwards there has to be reflective time yep. time for introspection um otherwise yep. it's chaotic and it's busy and so what is um a practice that you have to that allows inwards. you to really go inwards? um nature being in nature it's definitely a, a very important mm. part of my life and a, a very important uh it's a need that i have yeah i I don't i've lived in cities many but i I don't do well in cities and nature is is a place where i can really drop into my my own animal nature 
and and be connected to you know animals they don't worry about how life's going to be next oh. <laughs> um you know animals are very much exactly it's so funny that you're saying that and my dog that was great so. i was speaking his language uh, that was... <laughs> um, yeah. and so yeah it's like animals are so present they're, they're totally in the moment they are they're not worrying they're not stressed they're not anxious they're not worrying about how they're going to pay the bills or how they're no. going to you know they're, they're just and of course it's all about survival and and it, and and that is true, but then it's not from that uh, stress level of survival that we, we often experience as humans. So net, nature's... Yeah, and it, you know, that makes... Oh, I was just going to say, um, you know, it makes me think of that like little cartoon or like sort of meme thing that goes around and it's a man and his dog sitting on a park bench and they're looking out to the landscape in front of them and there's a little thought bubble coming from the man's head and he's like thinking yeah. about, you know, he's paying his bills and what he's going to do tonight and all the conversations he has to have. And then the thought bubble of the dog is the yeah. view that is in front of the dog. The dog is only, well, the only thing that's on the dog's mind is what's right in front of him in that present moment. Yes, it's totally true. And of yeah. course, med- meditation for me has, has been a, been a great uh, tool that I've used for many, many years and always come back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Nick. Well, I think that our listeners have lots to integrate and absorb from what you've shared today. And yeah, I'm really inspired and fascinated by um, your background and now mm-hmm. and now I'm even more so excited to dive into your book and um yeah see what has led you to want to be here and write a story because not everybody feels so passionate about their story that they mm-hmm. want to actually publish a book about it so uh, yeah I'm looking forward to um getting to know know more about you in that way and uh, directing you know the the men and other individuals in my life uh, to your work because it sounds like you've got lots yeah, and lots of thank experience. you thank you yeah thank you so much so thank you everyone for tuning in and listening today and be sure to um, head to the show notes click on Nick's website his social media handles we'll also have the link there Um, so that you can purchase his book either on Kindle, which you can now just get right on your phone. You don't need to have a Kindle device, which is great, um, or a hard copy version of that book um, or a a paperback version. And um, those are are the two different ways, correct? I will be recording the Audible version in uh, early this year. So that's not out yet, but um, we'll be in the next, possibly in the next two months, I'd say. Mm-hmm. oh okay perfect and make sure that when you get Nick's book that you go on to yes on please re- leave a review that's always really helpful yeah that that supports people in um mm-hmm. people knowing about their books so yes thank thank you to everyone who tuned in today and I look forward to 
hearing your feedback and your comments about what you enjoyed about this conversation today with Nick. I personally really loved masculine as go, mm-hmm. feminine as flow. I love that. Thank you. So thank, thank you, you Nick, for having for me. Wisdom.